This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. President Joe Biden said Hurricane Ian may have caused a substantial loss of life, possibly making it the deadliest hurricane in Florida's history. The president declared it a major disaster, unleashing federal aid for several counties. Ian left more than two million people in Florida without power. The hurricane is expected to hit South Carolina on Friday. America will never, never, never recognize Russia's claims on Ukraine's sovereign territory, according to Mr. Biden. His comments came before Russia's formal announcement expected on Friday of its annexation of four Ukrainian regions, where it held sham referendums in the past week. Meanwhile, Ukrainian officials said that 23 civilians were killed by a Russian missile attack in Zaporizhnia, a Ukrainian-held city within one of these regions. Liz Truss, Britain's new Prime Minister, met with the government's independent economic advisers on Friday as she struggles to contain the fallout from last week's disastrous mini-budget. A Times newspaper poll put her Conservatives 33 points behind Labour following the unveiling of huge unfunded tax cuts that caused the pound to crash, the Bank of England to intervene over rising guilt yields and the IMF to criticise the plan. A suicide bombing at a private college in Afghanistan's capital, Kabul, killed at least 19 people and wounded 27 others, according to police. The victims were students taking a mock university exam. Most were women. While there was a lull in such attacks, after the Taliban's takeover of the country in August 2021, their frequency has recently increased. Many are claimed by Islamic State, a militant group. Factory activity in China unexpectedly grew in September, helped by COVID measures easing in parts of the country. Activity in the services sector contracted sharply, however. Meanwhile, the Reserve Bank of India raised interest rates as inflation remains above the central bank's target range. It is the fourth consecutive increase since central bankers began tightening monetary policy in May. America struck a trade and security agreement with 14 Pacific Island countries. The deal includes $810 million in financial assistance and measures to tackle climate change. It comes amid American concerns over China's growing influence in the region. Mr Biden said the security of America and the world depends on the security of the Pacific Islands. The death toll from protests in Iran rose to 83, according to a human rights group. Demonstrations continue to take place in several cities over the death of Masa Amini in police custody after she was arrested for wearing a too loose hijab. Dozens of protesters, including journalists, are said to have been arrested. On Thursday, Germany's foreign minister called for the EU to impose sanctions against Iran. And fact of the day. $50,000. The highest daily fee charged by Vishal Punjabi, a video producer for Indian Weddings, a booming business. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Russia sets the stage for annexation. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, is laying the groundwork to annex vast swaths of Ukrainian territory. As armed soldiers looked on, for five days residents of the occupied provinces of Kherson, Zaporizhia, Donetsk, and Luhansk 
supposedly voted overwhelmingly in farcical referendums to join the lair of the invaders. On Friday, Mr. Putin is expected to hold a ceremony in the Kremlin, during which he may lay claim to all four provinces, despite not controlling any in its entirety. It would be the largest annexation in Europe since the Second World War. The sham referendums were hastily announced in mid-September as part of a hard-line response to Russia's embarrassing reverses on the battlefield. Alongside partial mobilization and a new nuclear threat, they dramatically increase the risks of uncontrolled escalation. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said annexation would not change his approach to liberating people and territory. Russia's claim on the four provinces would, however, slam the door on any future negotiations. The Wrath of Ian South Carolinians will wake up on Friday after an uneasy night's sleep. Tropical Storm Ian is forecast to hit the state later in the day. It was downgraded from a hurricane as it moved out into the Atlantic from the east coast of Florida on Thursday, but that does not mean it has been defanged. Life-threatening floods, storm surges, and winds are expected. Meanwhile, those Ian left behind must start to grapple with the destruction it has wrought. By the time it slammed into Florida on Wednesday, with winds approaching 150 miles per hour, 240 kilometers per hour, it was one of the most powerful storms ever to make landfall in the contiguous United States. Homes and roads were submerged and destroyed. More than two million Floridians lost power. The whole of Cuba was left in the dark after the grid was knocked out on Tuesday. Ian is already predicted to be among the costliest hurricanes on record, but that record is accelerating too, as climate change makes hurricanes stronger, wetter, and slower, and thus more damaging. Europe Faces Big Decisions on Energy The agenda for the meeting of Europe's energy ministers on Friday was already looking bulky. Then, someone blew up Nord Stream 1 and 2, the gas pipelines connecting Russia and Germany. The European Commission's president, Ursula von der Leyen, has promised the strongest possible response. The possible act of sabotage has brought into sharp relief the vulnerability of Europe's energy supply and made policymaking harder. The rest of the agenda will focus on restraining rising gas and electricity bills. Ministers will haggle over how to pay for this, perhaps through a windfall tax on energy companies. They will also discuss reducing electricity demand, especially during peak hours. The most contentious idea is a cap on gas prices, either across the board or limited to Russian imports. But the attacks on the Nord Stream pipelines, a reminder of Russia's willingness to wage crippling energy warfare on Europe, make Russian gas flows ever less likely to resume. What do Texans care about most? 
Texas's Republican governor, Greg Abbott, will face his Democratic rival, Beto O'Rourke, on Friday night. The debate in Edinburgh, a border town in the south of Texas, is the only one in the Lone Star State before elections in November. The location, selected by Mr. Abbott's team, will allow him to highlight border security and illegal immigration, which he has made central to his campaign. Mr. O'Rourke is trying to harness voters' anger over Texas's rightward shift on abortion and guns. Mr. Abbott is betting that voters will care more about inflation and illegal immigration. He may be right. Recent polls show him leading Mr. O'Rourke by seven to eight points. The perception that the White House is not doing enough to crack down on illegal immigration has pushed more Hispanic voters into the arms of the Republicans. Democratic hopes of demographic change turning Texas blue for now appear miscalculated. A Portrait of Environmental Destruction Over the past 20 years, the Brazilian Amazon has lost 350,000 square kilometers to deforestation. This tragedy is the subject of Broken Spectre, a piece of video art by Richard Moss, an Irish photographer. It opens at the National Gallery of Victoria in Australia on Friday, and at 180 The Strand, an exhibition space in London on October 12th. Through a combination of multi-spectral video, ultraviolet time-lapses of the forest at night, and black-and-white film, Mr. Moss reveals the war that ranchers, farmers, loggers, and garimpieros, wildcat miners, are waging on the rainforest. Over 74 minutes, the result of five years of work, the film shows trees felled and jungles set ablaze. The film's visual effect is both dystopian and dreamlike. The scenes of destruction are also hauntingly beautiful. The intention is to make people look again, the artist explains. His work comes at a critical moment, in the run-up to the first round of Brazil's general election on Sunday, more fires, all man-made, were recorded in September than any month in the past 12 years. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, Tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. What was the maiden name of Margaret Thatcher? Thursday. Which town in Maryland shares its name with an American comedian? The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia, Chang Ang An, Singapore, North America, Guillermo Garrido, 
Orlando, Florida, America, Central and South America, Jaime Jean, Mexico City, Mexico, Europe, Robert Sivers, Edinburgh, Scotland, Africa, Ewan Hickling, Pretoria, South Africa, Oceania, Roberta McDonald, Runaway Bay, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Latin America, liquor, apple, and Arabic. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Truman Capote. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. That's the world in brief from The Economist. Available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.